1: So Jameis Winston leads the NFL with 18 interceptions. That's a career high already. And he's also been sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL. How how responsible is his offensive line? And should Jameis even want to return in 2020 to Tampa Bay? Four missed field goals cost the Bulls a win over Cincinnati, but it revealed something wonderful about Charlie Strong's program. Will that be enough to save his job? And if you were MLB commissioner and there was proof that the Houston Astros cheated to win a World Series, What would you do? We'll ask all those questions and more to Chris Torello of Bay News 9 and Spectrum Sports 360 on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. All right, the lovely, the talented Chris Torello joins us now, kind enough to do it on his vacation, which is above (laughs) and beyond the call of duty as he's headed to uh, Walt Disney World, spending time with Minnie and Mickey and all those guys. Thanks, Chris, for joining us. so this is something you do, like you're. Uh, we just found out you're. You're kind of this. You're. You're an annual pass guy, right?
0: Annual pass holder, gold member. Um, you know the uh, the lady uh, kind of uh, roped me in a year ago, and we've uh, we enjoy it. You know, this is where we come to kind of relax, and you know, it's not that far away from the beautiful Tampa Bay area. So we get to come over here. We're new uh, Disney Vacation Club members. And uh, so we're we're really enjoying it. It's a lot more than you know than just uh, you know for families. You know, childless millennials get to enjoy it too. So, uh, so that's what we uh, that's what we're doing here. So,
1: well, it sounds it sounds lovely, and, and I'm sure <laughs> that uh, you'll have a relaxing time with uh, the many the many uh, children running around the park. Seriously right. though, what is your what is what is your favorite park? Like they got like four or five of them over there, right? I mean, there's yeah, yeah. Uh, what Animal well, Kingdom and, and, and I, the Studios I, yeah. and all that.
0: Yeah, well, um, as we as we talk, we're going Animal Kingdom. Um, they've got nice. some really cool rides. Anyone who ever wants to go to Flight of Passage, it's the Avatar ride. That is mm. totally worth it. I mean, I would, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a childless millennial, but give up your firstborn for, for the Fast Pass if you can. I mean, you know, it's really good. You know, it's it's one of the best rides ever. So, um, and then uh, probably Galaxy's Edge. That's the new one over at Hollywood Studios. So. You know, I mean, listen, if it doesn't work out at Spectrum, I'll just become a Disney cast member. So, I mean, we're good. You know, I've got I've got either that or I'll become a meat cutter at Costco. It's got great dental. So, I mean, I'm all in.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and then you could, you know, the meat cutter thing uh, would certainly work out for you as far as grocery bills and things, yeah. things like that yeah. go. So, well, we're happy you joined us, and we got lots to talk about uh, in sports. Um, we're going to start, believe it or not, with – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are uh, three and seven, heading into the Atlanta Falcons, where two former head coaches and a Super Bowl-winning GM that used to be here are residing right now and working for the Falcons, who have won two in a row and have not allowed a uh, touchdown since they made their changes on defense. Um, let, let's, you know, I, I I follow you on Twitter. You're one of the you're one of the best followers on Twitter, and and you're getting this. I'm getting this. There, there's a lot of Jameis Winston defenders, right? I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people that look at, at what he has been through these five years. And, and truthfully, um, it's understandable. I mean, th- this has not been a great football team he came to as a number one pick in 2015. But he's sitting here now under Bruce Arians, the quarterback whisperer, with 18 interceptions. That's already tying a career mark. He had four on Sunday. Actually, he only has 10 interceptions, according to the new math by Bruce Arians. So I, m- <laughs> I might be wrong about that. Wouldn't it be great uh, if, like, can you imagine if life was like Arians was your life, like, uh, mulligan guy? Like, you know, you're, <laughs> you get pulled over by a cop, and he says you're doing 75 and a 55, and then Arians shows up says, no, no, no. He was actually doing 45. Yeah. He had to get around those cars that were speeding, <laughs> and that's uh, why you're counting the 75 miles an hour. I'd love to have him as my, yeah. uh, you know, anytime I got in trouble, I put Bruce Arians to the microphone.
0: Yeah, well, it's like I go to see my doctor, and he goes, "You know, Chris, um, you gained 18 pounds." And, well, doc, I disagree with you there. I uh, I think it's a solid 10. So, you know, I mean, you know, my cholesterol's perfect as far as I'm concerned. So, you know,
1: exactly, it would be great. But, uh, but, how do you answer? How do you answer these folks? Because I mean, I, and we have talked about this a little bit, but I mean, uh, every other quarterback, I'm sure, has games uh, where their receivers run the bad routes, and they have bad snaps and things that happen in the game. I mean, apples to apples, he's still the guy with the most turnovers. And yesterday, or I'm sorry, on Monday when we talked to Bruce Arians, he said, look, these turnovers are killing us. Well, yeah, they have 25 as a team. That's the most in the NFL. I don't know a lot about football, but if you give it away and don't take it away, you're going to lose games.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, listen, I think you and I, were logical people, and we could say that O.J. Howard one is really not on Jameis. Um, I mean, he was trying to juggle the ball for 20 minutes, it seems. So, um, but you know, behind I mean, the back
1: though, Chris behind yeah, the back okay. is not easy. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. But at the same time, I mean,
0: you know, he could just, you know, try and tip it and drop it. I mean, there's, there's different ways I mean, like, <laughs> here I am trying to defend Jameis when, you know, Lord knows I certainly am not one of those, but uh, okay. So maybe 17, but at the end of the day, the problem is that you look at Jameis, and he's got 18 turnovers. What I don't understand is Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are two of the best receivers in the in the NFL. Shaq Barrett's one of the best sacks guys. You, it's just it's, but it's a repeat. We've done this before. You mentioned Dirk Cutter. Under Dirk Cutter, we had two of the best seasons the Bucks have ever had offensively. So
1: right. I, right.
0: I don't know. I don't know what to think here. It's really, and then Jameis has, is getting sacked more than anyone else. And the next two guys on the list are Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray. They're both rookies. So, Mm. I mean, you look at all the different stats, the bucks are three and seven, because I think of the bad offensive line. I think Jameis makes bad decisions more times than not. We can argue sometimes that maybe it's, it's more of like that, you know, you get into it's. I don't. I don't know how to put it, but it's like you know, you worry there's like that extra man coming when it's not really there. So you know, you see
1: ghosts. You part. see ghosts. I see exactly. ghosts. Yeah. Jennifer yeah, Love Santa Hewitt Santa. showing up any minute now in the huddle. <laughs> I just, you know.
0: Yeah <laughs> that's the ghost whisper
1: from from the quarterback whisper to the ghost whisper. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, but seriously, man, that just seems like it's all kind of being put together there.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's uh it's been a. It's been a tough run for them. And you mentioned the offensive line and I think I think, you know, when you're dropping back 51 times, of course, it's hard to block those guys all day. But Donovan Smith, you know, got abused again by Cam Jordan, gave up a sack and a half. He's given up four sacks this year. Jordan was the guy that ran into Winston's ankle um that that caused him to hobble off and then the next play throw a pick six that he couldn't, you know, look like me trying to run over there and tackle the guy. Um and then, you know, uh, I mean, he has been hit an awful lot. It's been hard to watch him take this much punishment, to be honest with you. And I, I he's got six more games to go. He's definitely established himself as one of the tougher quarterbacks in the league. But, you know, this, this is – if he remains in this offense, there's going to have to be some changes somewhere or he's not going to have a very long career, in my opinion.
0: Well, here's the thing. You have invested in this offensive line both through free agency – High draft picks, and then you've paid the high draft picks, and it's yes. not working out. So, mm-hmm. and, and the man still making the decisions is Jay is Jason Light, and yeah. now you're hoping that he and Bruce Arians, now that they've got their contracts aligned, the two of them maybe start to kind of figure out this offensive line this this March. But you know, will Jameis would Jameis want to be here? if he knows the offensive line is not going to be fixed or if he doesn't yeah. feel it will be fixed enough. Cause th- you don't just fix the offensive line in one off season. You just can't. We've, we've seen teams try and buy two left tack, two tackles, a guard, a center, and then draft another. It doesn't work. You need time. So yeah. you know, just for me, and then you need a sixth and a seventh guy at least. So mm. I, I don't know if it's ever going to be truly uh, enough for Jameis to, to get, where he feels comfortable for probably another two
1: seasons it's a good question because i mean there's a there's the possibility they could try to franchise him and then he wouldn't have much say about that but if i'm Jameis winston i've had other people say this to me it's like do i want to play here or am i just going to say you know what send me to another organization i'll be let me be a free agent pick the right circumstance and then hopefully there'll be a better football team on the other side that i can go to and and the system too i mean you know he he might have two great receivers in Evans and Godwin but he struggled to find a third guy the tight ends aren't involved OJ Howard is taking a step backwards so there's constantly pressure you know cuz they get five guys out there's a lot there's a lot to this system that if I were a quarterback I I don't know I mean I guess I'd feel happy about it cuz we're throwing the ball a lot but I don't I don't know how comfortable I'd be in the pocket on every play that's for sure
0: no, you're right, but here and here's the funny part is you look at it's Winston Dak Prescott and Philip Rivers, the only three quarterbacks in the NFL with over 3000 passing yards right now. So wow. He's definitely he's definitely I mean, bringing the stats, bringing the facts. So he's <laughs> definitely he's definitely producing and that's what kind of gets me. The best thing about this season is that we have found out Chris Godwin can be a top receiver. That's one of the yeah. best things we found out this season. So
1: Yeah. For sure. Well, i just leave you with this. I mean, are the Bucs, I and mean, we're talking about Dirk Cutter, and, of course, he went 9-7 and his first year, then two 5-11s, um, the debacle they had with Jameis getting suspended and back and forth with Fitzpatrick. Uh, Raheem Morris didn't have a chance in that, you know, for three of those years they weren't able to sign free agents because they were uncapped years. The Glazers kept the money. Um, but he did win 10 games. Are they better off right now? Where can you say they're better off with Bruce Arians than what they've I- I had think- here in the past?
0: I definitely think, um, I, I actually think in terms of their offense, I think you can see it moving. I mean, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, June, I think they're both combined for less than 750 rushing yards. That wouldn't even make them a top 12 back. But um, right, right. I, I, think, I, I do think in terms of Jameis, with Evans and Godwin establishing themselves, Evans, of course, just over and over, but I do think they're better in terms of confidence. I don't think you see, I think they believe in Bruce Arians. I think that's a big thing when, you know, the coach can walk into the room at three and seven and you still, you still believe in his message, um, yeah. which, which seems to be the case, but you know, and listen, I think the defensive line has not been terrible. Um, you know, Shaq Barrett, it's great to have Pierre Paul back. So, Mm. I, there are areas of improvement that maybe you didn't see when you had the dirt cutter coaching staff. I mean, Mike Smith, it was like, when is he, when are you going to fire this guy?
1: That's know, true. I don't, yeah. think, I don't yeah. think
0: you feel that way with Todd Bowles. I don't think you feel that way with, with Byron Leftwich. so I think the structure's in place for the first time in a pretty decent amount of time.
1: Yeah, they're playing with young players, but on defense, uh, Mike Smith's defense was bad. They gave up 29 points a game. This defense, 31.3 right now, so it's definitely got a, to got a trend down at some point, but they got a lot of young players playing in the back end. All right, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, they had their game in St. Louis last night, but uh, uh, I wanted to ask you about Steven Stamkos, who got his 400th goal uh, last Saturday against uh, Winnipeg. That's a lot of goals, and he's still only 29 years old. Look into your crystal ball and tell me when Steven Ghost's career is over, and it may or may not include a Stanley Cup, and this is probably important. Will he be considered the greatest Lightning player of all time?
0: He needs a cup to do that. Um, he does. Yeah, yeah. it, but Because, I mean, you look at Vinny, you look at, you know, Andrew Chuck, you look, I mean, even
1: Andrew Chuck, who wasn't here mm-hmm. that long, but. Well, Mar- know, Marty, obviously. You no, know,
0: obviously Marty, but. These are guys who they were – I mean, Marty's got the greatest goal in Lightning history, um, yes. you know, sending this thing back. But um, I just think he needs a cup. And here's the thing. If he gets a cup, then I think there's no doubt that in terms of his ability to deal with the media night in and night out, his ability to, you know, really just be as classy a person as can be, uh, I think the the Tampa Bay community loves him. I think he's one of the best hockey players that I've ever seen. Um yeah and, and I mean I know people think Kucherov has more talent and this and that but Steven Stamkos to me is the complete package and and I just think he's a leader I think he's a winner and and the only thing he needs is one Stanley Cup you don't need 5 you just need one um yeah. but who knows maybe you get one the floodgates open um but yeah I think if if he gets a cup and I mean you know he's going to continue hopefully no more injuries we've seen some leg injuries with him but if he's healthy and he keeps going Yeah, I I do think he will be considered right there with the San Luis with the Le Cavaliers. So he'll he'll have a chance, absolutely.
1: Yeah, still only 29. 400 won't be uh, the big mark for him. I think he'll make it all the way to 500 and beyond, which puts you in a Hall of Fame category. But you're right, the Stanley Cup is going to be the missing piece, but he still has several years and a really good hockey team around him. So we'll see uh, if he can get that. All right, uh, I know you spent a lot of time at the University of South Florida. They had a brutal loss to Cincinnati, but neither team, as, as Steve Ersnick told me, wanted to win that game. But you had to feel bad for their freshman place kicker, Spencer Schrader, who missed all four or missed four field goals, uh, hit the upright on on the last one that would have given them the lead. A couple of them, you know, 53-50, and 50, not gimmies by the yeah. imagination, but also a 43 and a 33. So...
0: Uh,
1: you know, we, a lot has been made about Charlie Strong, and and but but I think people need to understand what he had to clean up over there uh, oh. after Willie Taggart. Uh, I was impressed, Chris, and I mean, people are going to look at the one lost record, and that's understandable because that's the business that they are in, and they live with that. The what the comments that came out of that locker room from those those players that rallied around this young freshman who uh-huh. you just had to feel awful for. Said something to me about the kind of players that Charlie Strong has surrounded yeah. himself with over there.
0: No, you're right, and I've been saying it a lot. Where you know, I, I'll take you know this, I'll take this team over the seven and and0 team, the seven and two team. Like they just they have a real bond, and it's nice. And just like with Bruce Arians at three and seven, where you need to believe in the coach's message, I, I think at four and six, USF still isn't giving up. Um, you know, I mean, you learn some, I'll say this, the coaches, I think there is some, you know, back and forth there between some of the coaches, just because at times it's like, why aren't we running the ball more? Well, I want to pass the ball. Well, why are we pat? You know, I, I mean, I could get into that stuff, but among the players, you're not going to find a better brotherhood. And I mean that because I think these guys understand you have to go through adversity. Look at a guy like KJ sales, who's got a young child who, you know, had to fight for his right just to play this year because the NCAA wanted to hold him up. I mean, there are guys on this team that have really come a long way in their career, you know, to get another year or two at USF. So they've got great leadership. Um, I think the young guys are benefiting Jordan McLeod's benefiting. We'll see if he hangs on to the job next year. If some of these uh, quarterbacks come in. Um, But yeah, I, I, if it were me, I'd probably do something very different than what most USF fans want to do. You know, I, I just I really like Charlie Strong, he's a good man. Um, I do think he is a good coach, but like you said, it's wins and losses. So now it's not just about wins and losses; it's about dollars and cents. And um, I think there's there's going to be a real tough decision for for Michael Kelly if a decision hasn't already been made behind closed doors.
1: Yeah, we will know that here shortly as uh, USF begins to wind down their season without a bowl game. I'm I'm quite certain. Speaking of college football. You saw uh, what happened to uh, Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Just your thoughts on that, up 35-7. to 7. Saban said he wanted a two-minute drill at the end of the first half against Mississippi State, who I'm pretty sure they could have beaten with me at quarterback. That said, it is, it is football. You can get hurt on any play. This kid has played with bad ankles in the past uh, after having surgery on them, all of that. Um, but there he is now in a hospital bed and they're saying, you know, best case scenario, maybe in three months he can begin uh doing some football things again, which takes you right about the combine. So what's your thoughts about what went down with uh, Alabama?
0: I really don't have a problem with him playing the end of the first half. Um Right. You know, I mean I, I think it is like you said, it's just that tough situation. But, you know, now if you're Alabama, you're you're probably You know, I mean, any shot of trying, even if they were to sneak in now, it's to this playoff. I don't know if they win it, Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, the Auburn game is probably going to might be the one that gets them. But, um, you know, I I think I feel bad for the kid. And this just goes to the fact about why these top tier players and athletes need some compensation, because Tua has been that's his jersey being sold. That's his likeness. Posters for the love of God, give him some money. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, would I don't know what I'd put it past someone like Nick Saban to call up Bill Belichick and say, hey, listen, you won't regret it. Take this guy in the third, fourth, fifth round or whatever. If he doesn't come back, go right ahead. But injuries are really part of the game. Um, there's a young man named uh, Savion Smith who played at Alabama. He went to Lakewood and IMG. I ran into his dad this weekend. And he said to me, he wanted his son to go back to Alabama for one more year, and he had gotten hurt. And Savion said to his dad, I can't. I have to take my chance. If I don't take my chance now, then I'm, I'm going to get hurt again. I just know it. He's with the Jaguars. Mm. He didn't get drafted. And, and actually, I've been told the Bucks might be interested in him going forward. But, you know, he's a DB type of kid. But you have to take your chance when you want to. If I'm Tua, why am I going back to Alabama? I would rather yeah. take my chance, make some money. You know, I just don't think it's fair to him. He's definitely played hurt. He's given everything he can to the Crimson Tide. I, I don't. I wouldn't go back if I were him. I think that's all this says. It's not about Alabama, the football team. This is about Tua, and he needs to do what's best for him. Yeah,
1: I think you're right. I don't think he's coming back to Alabama. I think Saban knows that, which is why he had sort of this heartfelt uh, press conference the other day uh, where he kind of showed a a different side of himself but uh let me ask you this so let's say alabama for whatever reason manages to upset or or beat auburn i don't know if it's an upset but they beat auburn um and some things happen in the uh you know above them in the college football playoffs or whatever the fact that they don't have their major player i mean is this going to be like the ncaa tournament in basketball a little bit where where the committee has to realize this isn't the same Alabama team, even if they made it uh, with a win over Auburn.
0: Well, I tweeted, I said, well, Mackenzie Milton gets hurt at USF last year, and all of a sudden I'm hearing every ESPN commentator under the sun say, well, it's not the same UCF team, so they probably don't move up as much. Well, I'm sorry, you don't have Tua, who was a Heisman candidate. So he's out, which means Alabama is no longer one of the best eight teams in the country. I'm sorry. I don't even want to talk about them being top five. They are not a complete team. Oregon's a complete team. Utah's a complete team. Heck, even Penn State's a complete team. You cannot give Alabama its due because of history. And you can't give them its due because it's Nick Saban. I I, I just have this whole conspiracy theory where the committee has their playoff roster right there on the – and it's like, okay, we have Georgia, we have LSU, we got this team, we got that team. And it's on the projector. And the second the cameras leave the room, they shut the projector off. They rip up the, the the sheet, and all of a sudden there's like 20 scenarios for Alabama to get in. Like I just mm. until they leave Alabama out, the assumption is they're gonna sneak in, and it's just not fair to some of the other teams, especially now that Tua's out. I'm sorry, you're not one of the best five teams, four teams. Get out. Just leave Alabama out for once.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're right. People will find reasons for them to be in, but I would agree with you they. They are not the same team without their, their, uh, their best quarterback. Yeah. Uh, finally, I wanted to ask you, and this is to me uh, one of the more disturbing stories in sports. I've got some strong opinions about it, but I want to get yours. It looks for all the world or the World Series that the Houston Astros in their previous World Series, and God knows probably this one as well, that they have cheated uh, in stealing signs, yeah. using videotape, uh, you know, banging on drums, whistling, whatever the hell it is that they relayed these signs to. Uh, and there are emails, there are things that are going to link the Astros to this uh, cheating, which is as bad a scandal as I can remember. I think it's, you know, in many ways parallels are worse than Spygate, worse than a lot of things we've seen in the NFL. So I'm going to make you commissioner of baseball. What are you going to do with the Astros if you have solid proof that as an organization, maybe not to the owner, maybe not to the ownership uh, suite, but everybody else in baseball, Knows and can be proven to have cheated.
0: Well, I'll say this first off: if the owner is in any way complicit, um, he will be selling his team, and mm. he will no longer he will no longer be an owner in Major League Baseball. I agree. Uh, when it comes to the the um, the manager AJ Hinch, mm-hmm. um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, he's he's not the manager of the Houston Astros anymore. I don't yep. want. him. Managing in baseball, give him. will you mm. know at least for now, maybe give him two years. I'd give him a two-year ban. Um,
1: and I kind of an Carlos, indefinite suspension where he has to reapply, where they yeah. it's at least a year. But you got to come back and prove your way exactly. in.
0: Um, I think you have to go look into the Red Sox dugout because uh, Alex Cora was involved. um yep. now, now, Carlos, think about this: three managers are involved. One of them hasn't managed yet, but three managers are involved. I mean, it's incredible when you think of Carlos Beltran about to take over the Mets. Um, So um, I would definitely think Hinch is involved. Um, Beltran seemed to be a key player. Um, I don't know how, like, here's the thing. Baseball players, it's a little bit different than being a coach or a manager. For me, it's like my coach is giving me information. How can I best use it to my advantage Mm. to win? So I'm not giving them a pass. But at the same time, I look at it and I say, well, they just want to win. Like, they're happy that their manager is doing everything they can to, to try and win a World Series. Um, so it's tough for me to with the players. But if there is one or two guys, if God forbid it was a George Springer or an Altuve or, you know, anybody like that, maybe there's a bullpen pitcher. I don't know. Um, anybody who is found to be completely in this, like, as if like they were the designers, they're going to come down pretty hard at the end of the day. I am heavily leaning towards removing that world series title. And I say that because you need to send a message that if you are found to be cheating, especially in the playoffs and you end up winning the whole thing there, especially with technology involved. There, that is no place in this game. They need it for balls and strikes, but they don't need it to read pitchers, you know, different call signs. I would lean heavily towards stripping the Astros of a World Series title. And that's just my personal, that would be me as the commissioner. You want to send a message, you make sure it never happens again. And it makes the Washington Nationals win even more sweet in that, in my, in my opinion, because for them to win all four there in Houston, God bless them
1: yeah exactly and, and and I would go I would maybe uh, in addition to vacating the title, Chris, this would be unprecedented as well. What about a one year ban on the postseason?
0: Yeah, I mean that's almost like NCAA territory where you're like you know your scholarship reductions and you can't go to a bowl game. but yeah, I mean maybe that I mean imagine if they were to win the AL West and then like the, the angels behind them where Garrett Cole might be going sits there like 12 games back
1: and they win. No, I mean, yeah, if you're, if That's you're not eligible, match you're match not match. eligible, you know, I mean, hey, listen, because that hits, I, hits the fans, hits the ownerships money as well.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, whatever, listen, I hear Roger Goodell makes 40, 50 a year and gets a jet and free dental. I mean, I'll take that job or I'll take the MLB commissioner job for a year. You get to have a in Orlando, I get to go to Disney afterwards. You know, I mean that'd be great. <laughs> Listen,
1: it's not a bad gig. I for all the for all the people that want to troll me as a commissioner of one of these leagues, I would take the abuse. I would happily take oh. the abuse. I don't think the decisions are that weighty. I really don't. Um gotta negotiate a few T V contracts and get a few stadiums built. Okay. But aside from that, I'd be—I'm all in if if somebody—I think, I think we should we should apply for those jobs, Chris. I really do. I, I think you
0: want to you want to move to Canada? You want to go to Montreal? Let's do it. Yeah, sure. I love it. Dual
1: we'll city. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, <laughs> Wait a minute. It. I didn't say anything about Canada. I got to well, go to I Canada can. now.
0: Rick, I can be bought. I don't know about you, <laughs> but if Stu Sternberg wants a dual city, I'll, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all in, whatever it takes. You know the loony, the yet, whatever it is. So.
1: Yeah, there, there's no Disney in Canada though. That's the problem. Yeah. I'm wondering what what just for the, the heck of it, what would Mike Francesa's favorite thing to do at Disney
0: be? Well, you know, I mean, you know, you know listen, I know Walt Disney very well. You know, I know Walt, and you know, I built the place with him. You know, I mean, I did everything. <laughs> with him, so. You know, personally, I mean, I would probably, you know, my favorite thing to do is I'd probably just like to, you know, go into the Emporium right there by Magic Kingdom. And I like to just look around at all the merchandise, you know. I'm a merchandise <laughs> guy. I like to sit with there. You know, I'm a, somebody that doesn't like to walk too much, as you can imagine. So I probably would like to just look around, probably buy some Crocs. You know, I hear the good for your feet. <laughs> so, you know? some
1: Crocs, would you? Good, yeah.
0: good for your feet, good for your feet. And then I'd probably just sit there, you know, just have a nice, you know, hey, Mickey makes a good cappuccino. I'll sit there and I'll just watch everybody walk by. You know, people watch at Disney, and uh, you know I don't like to go on the rides. You know, me on a ride. I mean, could you imagine me on Space Mountain with <laughs> the dock?
1: No, no, no I can't. No, no, that you know, that would be no back that after this. <laughs> so, <yes. laughs> No, that would be tough. He's Chris Torello. You can uh, see him on uh, Spectrum Sports, Bay News 9, Bay 360. I get this wrong every time. Uh, so, yeah. But he's on vacation, <laughs> so you can't see him this week unless you go to Disney, and then you yeah. can see him at the theme parks. Most yeah, likely right. in uh, Epcot, sampling the world of beer or something like that. I'm not exactly sure no what's autographs. going on over there. No autographs. No, 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 do not ask for an autograph. Maybe, yeah. maybe a selfie. <laughs> that, exactly. Selfies are allowed. Exactly. But uh, thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. Enjoy your time, buddy. All right. See ya. Uh, thanks to Chris. I can just imagine how much fun he must have over there at Walt Disney World. We'll hear from Jameis Winston later today. We'll check in on his injured ankle. Looks like he will play against Atlanta and get his thoughts about being reunited up there with Dirk Cutter, who's now the offensive coordinator of the Falcons. Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times, our college football writer, will be aboard to talk about the action that's coming up this weekend as we get closer to wrapping up the season. And the Lightning take on the Blackhawks, that'll be Thursday night. So, hey, we're here every Monday through Friday. We appreciate you guys listening each and every day. For Steve Ersnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.